0: The club has been sold with immediate effect. This football club is no longer owned by Mike Ashley. You knocked by me,
1: This is the Exiled Journeys Podcast.
0: Chiote Great Striker! You leases and lunatics!
1: Your source for everything Newcastle United. Here in Trippia with the I got you!
0: I will love it if we
1: beat them. Love it.
2: You've seen Jesus Park,
1: part, spot. Now, here are your hosts, Alex, Morgan, Adam, and Brad.
2: Hello and welcome to the Exile Geordie's podcast where we just talk about record-breaking transfers and Newcastle being uh, uh, the biggest club in, in England. Right, guys?
0: You mean in world football?
2: Yeah, world football. Mm-hmm. The Giants are back Giants uh, waiting Yes, let's, uh, phew, man While we beat Tranmere Rovers, obviously that's the biggest news of the day, right?
0: The game was chippy, wasn't it? Yeah, and It they... didn't really, it was too chippy from our side It was basically just how many League 2 players could beat the shit out of a Premier League team for 90 minutes
2: Yeah, that. <laughs> at one point I was just terrified that, like up 2-1 late. They were just going to
0: take out Bruno or something just because... Um, yeah, I got that sense from you over the text. It seemed like you were horrified. How could we possibly consider using our talented players against this lot of murderers and <laughs> pillagers?
1: Well, I definitely you, pictured Alex hugging a pillow while watching this, yeah. just like like wincing.
0: <laughs> every every point of contact, every, <laughs> every pass.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: until you, Brad, you reminded me that because we're we're so quickly out of every uh, FA and Carabao Cup, usually I forgot that we would qualify for Europe by winning this thing. So it's like, oh, actually, yes, go beat them and then run away from their uh, dirty striker that tried to kill Carl Darlow.
0: I mean, and even if Europa League wasn't in contention, which obviously it's very important, and like to make we, we talked about this, but you know, you qualify for Europe and it opens up a whole se- sector of players who wouldn't otherwise consider making a move to your team that year. Like we're, we are really starved for silverware. Um, yeah, that's so true. if it wasn't in contention, I would still expect this depth of squad to compete for the domestic cups, regardless of what was at the end of it. Because if you're not playing for trophies then what, what's the fucking point, like why do all this,
3: especially this year too. I mean, there, there's a good chance they're not going to finish, you know, top five. We talked about top six, yep. but you know, I think that they care about cup, fuck, even the FA cup, You know, go go for both of those. Go Mm -hmm. for it. Why not? You know, it's they're 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 spending money. They're they're making moves. They're playing really well. These are the matches that you want them to show that fight that just hasn't been there the last decade and a half. If,
0: If they brought the intensity that they brought against City on the weekend to every cup match, they'd make a final. Yeah. And I don't know. There's not even a debate. Like we've watched the the top six play in cups for the last few years, and they're. I feel like the only reason I can name the academy players of Liverpool is because of who they've played in their cup games for the last few years. Like they do not take it seriously in the early stages, and it opens up them up to to risk against teams that come to play.
2: Yeah, and even just the fact that we, I mean, we were up against City last weekend uh, by two goals. So if we play anything like that against the teams that will play like Crystal Palace away from home, they're they're not in the position we are. They're they're not going to take it as probably not take it as seriously as us um, or they just don't have the quality of players that we do now. So, um, and the, the, the managerial expertise of, of God, Eddie Howe. So.
3: that And that is a great draw, by the way. I, I was very happy that they drew palace of all the other teams that they could have gotten that are in the premier league that are still in there. I think that palace is a good one for them.
0: It's a premier league draw at the end of the day. They didn't have to draw a premier league team. No, so, they didn't have
3: to, but I, I think yeah, it's a good one. It's, like, it's a good I,
0: one I, for them. I spend more time wanting our number to come out first of the two than I even worry about who that second team is going to be. The impact of travel is is as we hear, it's a big deal. So for the fact that it gets to be a home game, that's great. Palace is a is a beatable team. They're beatable in the league. They'll be beatable in the cup. It's not as though we drew City, which we know we can already. We can. That's the fucking point. We can smash anybody. Like it doesn't really make it like I I don't think about it the way I used to. We, how do they do this? It's been, it's been nine months.
2: I know it's wild. It just I keep going back and I'm like, I I can't even. It's still surreal to be be uh, this far so so quickly. I mean I was worried when we didn't get. Unai Emery, I was – I mean, there's so many points in this thing where, like, the perfect thing happened. And with Newcastle, this has just never been the case. Uh, every single time we've done anything halfway correct, someone at the club, whether the owner or, like, a Lee Charnley has just, sp- sp- you know, done something completely terrible next or or a, a, even a lack of any action and just let the club disintegrate. Uh, and, and so this is just – it's it's just almost too much and this is like the this has got to be the the best time to be a Newcastle supporter because it's just constantly like I was always thinking like well maybe we should maybe be better if we if we lost one of these matches early because it would show the owners that we we do need that extra push but we play well against man city and then they give us more and more to to
0: push the team forward and it's like this is this is because you've been you've been forced into that mentality for a decade Yep. that yeah. you need to lose. So you got to go backwards to go forward. They just want to go forward. Yeah. They see you win on the field. They give you even more because they want to win by another goal. It's it's just it's night and day. And, you know, I don't know. We're all we can all be very. thankful. It's fucking so cool. We were, we were talking. We were texting the other day about. We've gone from thinking like a top eight finish would make us happy. Top nine finish to like, I I really struggle to understand who's supposed to finish above us outside the top, obviously five or six. How is this? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like we are, we look, because you watch other games, you know, and I just don't think that anyone other than the dominating teams are going to be able to cope with what we have in midfield. And that's before, this new signing and it looks like they're hungry for more. It can't, it couldn't have happened without both things happening, right? Like the players that came in were huge. But if the players came in and they came in under Bruce's system, this doesn't occur. No way. Because the only way they've been able to play with that level, it's all about the work rate. Because -hmm. what we're getting out of the players who were there before is we weren't getting it because there was no work rate, there was no fitness. So they just made every right call. And I remember there were so many articles, so many pundits saying they don't know what they're doing. They bought a football club with no prior knowledge of how to run one. Stavely is unproven. She has no history in actually you know, being the, the, the figurehead um, and making decisions. Uh, fucking eat crow. Eat magpie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's crazy because there's – again we we we're not in the streets of Newcastle talking with with uh, regular people that aren't on Twitter but like there's always been well they're not doing this well they're not doing that well the, the why are they bringing in all these people for the in, in you know the hierarchy of the club but they're not bringing in the players that we need and then now you look at the whole and it's always been we're not just going to bring in a player just to bring in a player it's always, and even the way that Eddie Howe talks about the recruitment and and the players that need to fit this this system it's been I mean uh, I mean maybe you could say the Chris Wood move wasn't ideal looking back, but it was needed at the time. and based on release clauses and trying to do business in January and the amount of money that obviously they've been able to spend since then, I don't think they've made a, a, a an incorrect move yet. I mean if you it, Darren eels uh, the the chairman of PIF, that's the chairman of Newcastle, um, down to Eddie Howe and his his coaching staff, and every recruitment, Sven Botman and Bruno and, and now ESEC, it's just wild.
0: I forgot what we were even here to talk about. Yeah, we just... were <laughs>
2: – well, so any, any, any of the other
0: – Yeah, I mean, they were dirty. We beat them. And it's one of those games that uh, – I believe it was Adam who said it. If we had played this under Bruce, we would have lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, another it's... thing. I mean, you would – Maybe would it wasn't Adam. Adam. I don't know who said it, but somebody I was like... What does that mean? Do you say?
0: The problem is this. I see AP, A-fucking-KP. I don't know <laughs> yeah. which of the two you is who on my phone. So I see the text. I just assume it's one of you. I clearly attributed it to the wrong person. But we wouldn't have won that game under Steve Bruce. We would have right.
1: collapsed. Yep. Yeah, another point. I mean, to, to your point about who's going to finish above us, six of last year's top ten finishers are now in the bottom ten after, like, very slow starts. So we already kind of got, like, a head start. We drew City, and, and, I mean, that's a game that most of those teams are going to lose. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we got a great head start on them as well. Yeah, yeah, unbeaten through three, a big point at City.
2: We did not drop the point. We did not, you know, uh, get nothing out of a trip to Brighton, which is huge. And then there's going to be a massive match. And it's just, it's just exciting that these matches are important now but not for staying away from the championship, but actually moving forward. So like, Oh, we're going to wolves and we can, if we get something, we can continue to stay in the top six or whatever, however you want to look at it. But it's, it's always looking up rather than looking down or looking backwards and being scared of where we might drop to. Um, I just, yeah, it's just incredible the, 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 the way we've moved. So if there's no other thoughts on Tranmere, because we just made it through and that's the most important thing. Um, well, Newcastle didn't sign João Pedro, but they broke their transfer record, and they brought in a 22-year-old, six-foot-three Swedish striker, Alexander Isak, and it sounds like it's about 58 million pounds. And I think every Newcastle supporter in the world is is going insane right now.
0: Well, there is something to be said about diversification and not having your entire team disappear when Brazil play. Um, <laughs> so. You know, uh, yeah, this guy looks money. Seems like last year he didn't have his best season. But at 21 years old, uh, I don't know how much you can really hold someone accountable. Clearly, there's a high ceiling with what he did the season before that. Um And he's 22 years old. He's already playing. And he played in that Euros. Or he, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So quick, quick, like uh, I have a scouting report based on my expertise from YouTube. And I also have his. So basically, um, he he scored seven goals in the 2019-20 Copa del Rey, two in the round of 16 and two against Real Madrid in the quarterfinals. The next season and I was kind of looking at how many matches he started because there's all these goal goal numbers but it's hard to tell if I mean the first season he was in La Liga he started 14 games and scored nine times so that I mean that's a pretty good ratio if somebody comes on the 65th minute and doesn't score I don't think that's a a a terribly negative reflection on them especially depending on what the the match looks like the next season obviously 30 La Liga starts 17 goals um last season not as not as high on the uh uh on the, on the the score sheet, six goals in 26 starts, but he did score three goals in five Europa League starts. Um, scored against Barca this weekend. Um, I think he has nine goals for Sweden, so he's played internationally, um, and now he's an UFC player. Looking at at the player from a high level, I mean, the first thing that stands out, I mean, this dude's very tall. He's not a, a hulking player, but, but his technical ability for a player of his stature is something that you might – not expect uh his balance is wonderful um he can continue and finish dribbles that I mean he takes on defenders that you don't see from players his size I mean if you see a, a player as tall as Chris Wood you just expect him to to fumble over the ball but but Isak t- takes on defenders and, and and skins them regularly um and, you know his quickness and his dribbling ability these bigger defenders can't just bully him up because he's so technical with the ball at his feet he can easily draw a foul um, and he's constantly picking the ball up around the 18-yard box where he's, he's extremely dangerous. Um, and, he, and he even comes back and, and takes the ball off of midfielders at times. And, um, and it depends. I, we've seen some defensive statistics on him that that aren't – maybe the work rate isn't as, as high as, as a Callum Wilson, as a number nine. But we'll see how he fits into Eddie Howe's system, I'm sure, uh, with the correct training and, and, um, and fitness he'll be able to do that. But I think you know, one of the biggest things about him is – He's just so quick, um, you know, when turning off that last defender's shoulder. He's big enough to kind of get a quick touch and, and just burn the defender uh, in on the box. And then it seems like his right foot, I mean, he's curling balls in lethally, um, and he's got a, a really good shot. Um, and, so uh,
0: all those curling shots from the from the yeah. left side of the box, where the fuck is Alan St. Maximin going to be? <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's just exactly
2: banging into each other. <laughs>
0: I couldn't help but think that as I was watching his Yeah, it was so like, like a picture like ASM here. shot. Except it goes in the goal. <laughs> Barring that one, uh, what was it? who was that goal against the ASM three two in the cup? Who the fuck was that? Uh,
1: I don't remember. You guys know. remember?
0: I, I can't for the life of me remember who it was, but the it was like I was it picture like picture the
1: goal. Not no nothing. idea. Yeah. I
0: don't know. I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Yeah
2: so let's well let's do this while brad's looking that up i've got some questions based on this signing because it's, it's massive um so let's start with this one so i'll just throw this over to adam i haven't heard from you in a while we've been ch- talking too much um so alexander Isak, he's the 23rd I mean, from what i could tell he's about the 23rd largest signing of all time in england he obviously shatters the magpie's former record signing where does this signing put newcastle as we were just talking about i mean they're we're trying to figure out who's who's really going to compete with them but where does this uh where does this oxford where where does this signing put newcastle in terms of the english hierarchy are they nipping at the heels of spurs from from your perspective you might be able to tell us that and are they bigger than the west ham's wolves and villas by a significant margin at this point
3: i think that they're showing a lot they're showing a lot of progress newcastle is they're, they're they're showing a lot of ambition especially now with this new ownership i and i said this before in in, in the group chat regardless of who or like what team is involved i am always very hesitant to label a 22 year old as like a marquee game changing signing i think isak is good i think he'll be good but those players are still so young. They're still mature, and they're, they're still developing. I think he's got a lot to uh, offer. I think he's going to be great moving forward. But if he's not great right away, I'm not going to judge him on that. And I don't think Newcastle fans should either. Same way we talked about Bobman having kind of a rocky start to his Premier League career. They're both young. But I, I think just the fact that they were able to break their own record by a substantial amount to, to sign this young talent who is already capped at the national team, it it, it shows a level of ambition and a, and a wanting to win that Newcastle fans just haven't seen um, for the better part of, you know, a decade and a half, probably like, you know, the Michael Owen signing back in the nineties or early two thousands, you know, that era of Newcastle is the last time you saw this kind of, Hey, we're going to go for it mentality. Um, I think that they are a step above West Ham. Now I think they're a step above the Leicester. Uh, of the world uh, I don't know if they're at the you know uh chelsea liverpool um i i, I i'm hesitant to say united given their struggles recently mm-hmm. but you know I think we can all agree there's still a big name out there they're still a big draw just based on brand um they're not quite there yet uh will they get there I don't know I think they're gonna try i, I think they're i think they're doing the best they can to to put themselves there you know the the first thing you got to do is put a good product on the pitch and then you can talk about brand uh globally which i think they're going to do eventually but you know this signing is definitely a step in that direction um they were not put off by the uh dollar amount they said okay you know they negotiated a little bit but but they paid what it what they think he's worth and it's been a long time since uh fans of this team were able to be confident that they would do that, that they would pay what a player is worth. You know, back in the day, it was like, oh, 15 million pounds, that's way too much. No, Now it's like, okay, 60, 60, cool, let's go for it. He's worth it. And, and I think that, that's, that that in itself is, is a positive um, step. Well,
0: it's also like the,
3: the amount kind of comes
0: from this endless bank account. And while it, it's – so it's really just a matter of – complying with financial fair play which I my understanding was always that there should be tons and tons of room and then people got all bent out of shape about it but then only recently I saw an article indicating what what we first thought that like that was the only good thing that Ashley did was not plunge the club into debt he left it in good standing and I'm sure that was a component that factored into why we would be an attractive proposition to to an owner with a kind of really deep pockets and so an extra 10 million on a on a signing an extra 15 million clearly they don't want to be had but when there's something that they feel passionate about and they think is going to contribute to the project in the long term it doesn't seem like they're afraid to cough up the extra you know extra buck um because it's not going to result in the club being in debt by a certain amount it's not like that anymore so it kind of doesn't really matter to us as long as we play by the rules um, and figure out how to make them work for us.
3: Yeah. And I think what they're doing and they're doing well is that with the, like with this signing with the Botman signing and a few others, it, to me, it looks like they're, they're, they're paying for future performance, not paying a player based on what he did in the past, which is what a lot of teams do, not just in this sport, but in almost every sport contracts are so high for players because, Oh, for the past 10 years you did this. Okay, fine. But, these young players are going to have great careers, and we're paying for that now. We, being you know Newcastle and the fans, like we're we we we're paying so much now because we think this guy's going to be great, and we want to lock him up for five, six years. And I think that's the way to do it. That's the smart way to do it. And you know, people can give Newcastle shit off for all this oil money, but they're not spending like that. I mean, they didn't pay a hundred million for Holland. They didn't pay ninety million for for Grealish. They're not signing you know Salah. To a, a multi uh, a million dollar extension, things like that. You know, they're they're being smart. They have money to spend, but they're not flashing it the way well, that people obviously want to spent, think they are. That yeah. money
0: they spent on Holland, that city spent on Holland, though, it's like they spent that money on the final product of a player that everybody knows is a he is gonna is is a hero and will be more of a hero. But they did it at, at a time where he's like the last piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. We don't need to do that yet. Exactly as Adam said, this is about building a, building a squad that can compete at a high level. It doesn't require, we keep calling him a, a Isaka Markey signing, he is, but to me there's two different meanings of that. Yeah, It's not the guy who's the, he's the star of the world right now. It's not the Mbappe, it's not the Holland. it's the, you spend a good amount of money on a player who clearly has his entire future in front of him. And between what they're spending on Isak, the money they spent on Bruno, the money that they'll continue to spend on players who are hugely promising with their careers ahead of them, it just positions them to then when they realize, hey, we have an opportunity, let's grab it by the throat. That's when you spend the 100 million on Holland, right? Or the Holland of that of that era. Yeah. Because then you're not so much at risk that you're going to blow all this money and get nothing out of it, but you already have what you need. Now it's just about spr- the sprinkles on top to make sure that City win the Champions League this year. You know what I mean? That's what they did. That's what that signing was. They have fucking been unable to finish the one thing that they want to do, no matter how good they've been, and we all come back and say the reason for it is that where is the striker? In the years they've been competitive, Aguero's been old. So, you know, and when I say competitive, I mean Champions League competitive, like they haven't been able to finish it. If anybody thinks that they're not gonna win the Champions League this year, or at least compete in the final, I think you're insane. Um, but I I don't know, maybe that's just me.
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, he was like the perfect piece to that. And I think the big thing with Newcastle is there. Yeah. I think we talked about this a little bit, like we can't offer European football right now, but what we can offer is a club that's skyrocketing towards that. And this can be a place where you, it's not, it's not like the stepping stone that it was, but like, this is the launching pad where you can stay here and be a hero to this, this sleeping well this awoken giant uh and and also bring european football here because of the aspirations of the side um and i think that's just that's just what, what they have to sell on right now and that also includes bringing in the right players not just paying for a 30 year old that's just looking for a payday but but in, but an Isak that hasn't gotten that arsenal move but newcastle can say listen we're going to bring you in here and you're going to be the man um, that gets the opportunity now obviously they still believe in Callum wilson but i think once that injury kind of peaked its head up it was like get him bring in the player don't 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 let this get out of this transfer window with chris wood as their only striker left um and and i think that's that's kind of where the club was at so morgan this is an interesting signing because Newcastle have now kind of stepped it up again and it's and it's always felt like if they wouldn't have signed anybody else in this window I would have still been happy I mean I'm always going to be I feel like happy because I was even worried at one point like man what if something because we've seen what happened if something I mean look how quickly Chelsea had to be sold and it just happened like overnight basically because of an actual international conflict and it's like this is a contentious ownership that we have and so is this is this good for the long term? Like what could what could happen? But if it the, the club's value has exploded now, I mean, the, the ceiling has been taken off. And just despite what happens, Newcastle's different than than it ever was under Mike Ashley. So putting that aside, what they've spent two hundred and one plus million on incoming since the takeover happened. What does this say about the owner's ambition um, in the Premier League and worldwide to you?
1: i I mean it just is a clear signal of where we want to go it's uh i think adam said it perfectly it's just they are they are willing to spend money now when it makes sense and they're not we're somewhere between dortmund and psg in terms of how we how we find talent like dortmund basically gets 14 year olds to perform Mm -hmm. by the time they're 20 as elite level psg buys people when they're 31 or so. (laughs) Um, And so fortunately, we're right in between those two. And we are building for the future. Um, It's a statement. It's a statement move. It's a marquee move. It's um, kind of what we're what we've been saying. Um, It has its risks. I mean, I don't think anybody is blind to the fact that he trended downward last year. Um, It has its risks, but it is it's a project and it's a piece of business that I think is uh, important for us to be willing to do we're not going to only find sure things and if we're finding sure things it's going to cost us a lot of money it's going to cause a lot of ego issues in the locker room and I think that this kind of avoids it the other thing it does is Callum, like Callum Wilson is injured already right and What's certain is that we will not. I don't. I don't think we could finish top six, top eight with Callum Wilson uh, out. Mm-hmm. I think. I think we have a chance with him out if we have a backup that performs. And Chris Wood isn't it? He's not going to do what we need him to do. Um, and so it's also just saying, oh, we have a need. We're in a transfer window. Book a ticket. We'll go we'll go pick up someone from La Liga next week or whatever this weekend. So um, just great to have that kind of a uh, power to do that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing this signing does is, I mean, when Eddie Howe came in here, everybody was, had different opinions. There was people that laughed about it. There was people that were just unsure. There were people that thought he would be the perfect fit, but clearly he, is a miracle worker with what he was able to do with even the players that were here before uh, the transfer or the the takeover happened and took us from 19th went on an incredible un uh, uh, unbeaten streak and finished 11th and then continues to to show this season. I mean, just the Man City match alone it was it was it was something that we never see against Man City and, and we we were we had them completely on their heels and, and we're able to get a great point against them. So with all that said, now the, now the, 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 the shift happens where, Hey, it was great that you saved, saved us last season and you got us mid table, but we've spent a lot of money. So Brad, what does this signing mean for the expectations on Eddie Howe? And what do you think would be considered success for him at this
0: point? I think, I think he will only consider a top eight finish a success. Um, I don't think, I think that if we end up in a, situation where we finish eighth or ninth he'll have probably only positive things to say for the squad but you can tell that he's raised the level of what's expected in terms of in terms of work rate in terms of results um and the way that he looks at the 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 different results that we've gotten up to this point and how he speaks about them afterwards they just tell you that that his mentality is is the reason why the squad is the way that they are They all feel everybody seems to be pulling in the same direction. I think that in his mind, he'll think he has enough to compete for a top seven spot. Um, He clearly wants more. He's not wanting more just to heap it on. on. He wants a squad that is deep um, and can compete and cope with injuries. And I think that the signing is great, but I try not to – I don't look at the ESOC signing and say, now we're in fifth. Now we're in sixth. It's very hard for me to do that. We were just saying this morning that we, you know, I expect him to come in and begin to deliver results. But at the same time, I don't think that we're going to get the guy who we're going to have in three years. I I think that we all kind of went into, um, we've actually had many signings that we've expected that from. It goes, dates back as far as Mitrovic. Um, to our expectations of of Joe Willick in a season where we were really struggling, right? Like we have signed youth and then expected them to perform at the levels of not youth. Um, And Mm -hmm. as Morgan said, we're building for the future. This is a a sign of intent that they wanna be competitive. What I can tell you without the signing alone, but watching the team, looking at results, I think that they will feel that sixth is well within their grasp because of how competitive they are every time they go out and play. The Brighton match is one that I think we're all so willing to look at in the light of we didn't score a goal against Brighton, but we just scored three against City. So we went away to a hostile environment against a team that's up and coming, got a result, then got one that nobody expected. Um, And if you had asked me prior to the season, what would we have from City, Brighton, Nottingham Forest? I would have told you three points. We have five. So, you know, I, I mean... I look at every home game against a non top 16. We're gonna get 13 of those. I think we're gonna win every single one of them. There's 39 points right there. Teams capable of winning, I mean, do I actually think that? No, but you know what I mean? Like on on the whole, like I think that we're gonna, we're gonna average over two points in those games. I think that we've, the team, they they are clearly able to go away and get results. We saw it at the end of last year. Um, We saw it really in the entire last half of the season and they're better than they were before. Um, and we now know that those top six games really aren't a free hit anymore. They're actually a game where we're expected to compete. Yeah. So it doesn't take 70 points to finish in the top six, it, it only takes 50 something. So we're going to do that. I, I mean, I just, they're too good. They're, they're too good. Without a major injury to Bruno um, or or to, or to one of our key players, I think, do I think we could cope with losing Joe Linton? No. I think we would end up finishing in 13th, 12th or 13th because I think he makes that big of a difference. Um but other than our midf- those two in our midfield, um I I have no reason to believe that Eddie Howe won't look at this and, and in his head think we should be sixth. And out loud anything or to the you know to the public anything above 8 will or uh, including 8 will he will deem a success and an improvement over last season. All he wants to see is that they get better every
2: year? Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think I'm even was thinking about when when Shear, uh Shear, when Alan Pardew was the manager, it was like, exp- like the the top expectation or goal was top eight in a cup run. I'm like, if that was if that was even a pipe dream under Pardew, it should definitely be a, a, understandable. I mean, I was even looking back, and I feel like you know Eddie Howe, yeah, he was at Bournemouth for a while. He managed like 550 matches. Uh, between Bournemouth and Burnley and back at Bournemouth. I mean, he, he, he he's seen a lot of stuff. It took a lot of time off. I'm pretty sure he's like the best England uh, coach right now. I mean, I, he's – he's and so I look at the, the, the fixtures coming up starting in September. We got Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Brentford – Those are five that I think we should 100% be favored in basically all of those. So, I mean, across this next – the first ten matches of the season, we should be firmly within the top six, I feel like. And then from there, it's like the players have the confidence if they're fit. I mean, I don't see why not, and and there's still time. And it just sounds crazy, but there's still time to maybe get a counter, get on loan, or something like that. Just just one more midfield option, just to bolster the side, and just say, all right, here we go. Let's we've given you everything you need.
1: Uh, go out and go out and and finish the best you can. Um, who's gonna score our goals while Wilson is out these next three games? Though I'm, I am completely baffled by that, and I I don't know if Isak is gonna start you know by sunday i, I, I doubt mean, it. it seems wait, like eddie has not, not that really time. the
0: way we play though now like do you you worry because listen i'm not saying he's not impactful of course he is he scored a bunch of goals but think about the chances that we've created since the beginning of the season i don't know why it has to be calum wilson finishing
3: those um no it's,
1: danger it's more, danger it's, from, Cal Maron, danger I, from I guess,
3: yeah. I don't think it's about Wilson finishing them. I think it's just about his presence on the pitch. I think that's kind of what Morgan was talking about. Is like I don't think we can rely on Wilson to score 20-plus goals a season, but having him out there creates a different dynamic for the opposing defense. So maybe that could be um, where the question is. But, I mean, to answer that, I mean, I think we all saw that Elmer Roan score with his chest. So I think, <laughs> you know, he's the he's the bona fide goal scorer moving forward, clearly. I
0: just i am thinking about, like, all right, Wilson's finished off a couple of chances this year. And it's funny because when you think back to when we first signed him, a lot of what people said was that he's not the guy who he's not, he's not necessarily clinical. It'll take a few chances for him to convert one. He'll get the opportunities, but he's not going to convert everyone. Tell you the truth. I think we've basically seen the opposite from him. Anytime Cal Wilson has an opportunity to score, he does. He doesn't get a ton of yeah, them. That's right. He does. He generally makes it count. He's clinical as fuck. So, when i think about his impact on the field what what has what what he's been so good at and it was in that graphic that you sent earlier is the defensive work rate right? he is harry he harries the defense he every ball he's charging down and while i'm not saying that that's simply replaceable i think that what he's been really good at is contributing to a team mentality of force turnovers Force mistakes from a defense. And that's the beauty of what Eddie Howe has brought into our team, which seems to be ingrained in everybody and is now ingrained in same Maximum. Who the fuck did that happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They all want the ball back. So while Wilson has a particular trait in he's really able to turn a little into a lot, especially in with half chances, which we've already seen a few times. Um he, there are there is there is ample room for somebody to come in if we didn't sign Isak and I was told that Chris Wood would be the one starting. Would I tell you that he'd score this weekend? Probably not. But it doesn't mean that I don't think that he can't make an impact on the field. I still think we saw an impact from him last year. And it was all marred by the fact that he was missing wide open headers when we expect a guy of his stature and a pedigree to convert them. So all of that aside, he, was, he made an impact. We were really strong last year um as a as a as a team with him on the pitch despite the fact that he didn't do anything losing Wilson is a bummer but we are not going to be less competitive without him we're just going to need to be a little bit more creative with with who's making it count I think that ASM if he can do anything like he did this last weekend I know consistency has been an issue for him but you got to imagine he's going to try and build on that Mm -hmm. he must love the attention that he's been getting um and as positive as Almarone feels and our unbelievable midfield. We're gonna get. There are gonna be opportunities in front of goal against Wolves. Of fucking course there are. Meanwhile, they don't, have, they don't. have Jimenez. He's not playing in this game. They're who? Who the hell is on that team? Pedence? Like I, I. Nobody scares and, me besides maybe Pedro Neto because he's quick. And he's um,
2: and he's being linked to Arsenal right now. I don't right, even know what's gonna happen right.
3: there. No, is even right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. I was actually saying to Alex earlier this week that I'm not scared of Wolves at all. I think at this point they are scary in name only, but then when you actually see them play, it, it's not the same Wolves that you have in your mind. Like it, they're they're a very beatable team, especially with the Newcastle up playing, the they played again. If if they play the way they played against City, I know when I, I know this is like a prediction um, segment right now, but if they play the way they played against City, I mean they can put up four goals against Wolves. And that's like, the thing.
2: I, I think you're right. And the thing is that, and, and Morgan, I I I do get what because there's a lot of matches where like, even last season we went on that big, unbeaten run from like December to March. But I was still like, this doesn't seem sustainable. We're winning a lot of one nils and and two nils where it's like, uh, th- like the I think Shelby scored that late goal. It was like a free kick. He he snuck it by, uh, mess Messier. Um is that the dude's name the goalkeeper from Leeds um and it was just one where it was like i don't feel like this is like the most consistent goal scorer it was just very opportunistic um but we were s- clearly lacking like that striker that could just put away sure chances um and that just that just worries me a little bit because there if this if this coming week Al Marone skies that opportunity and Chris Wood puts a header wide and Botman puts one over the net it's like all right, somebody's going to have to finish, and it can't always be a Kieran Trippier free kick or Bruno back heel. And, and I don't want to lean, lean on Joel Linton to be the one to, to put it in the net, you know?
1: But doesn't yeah. it give you
0: some confidence that everything you just mentioned were examples of this team getting it done when they otherwise, you wouldn't have otherwise thought that they would? Because the examples are more than the non examples. Like, they just find a way now. If they find a way to make it happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, the, and if that's the way it has to be, that's fine. And, And, uh, I, I wonder, it just, I just saw a tweet from, uh, Keith or one of the, one of the all-star, uh, uh, journalists covering Newcastle. It sounds like they got the paperwork in on time. So Isak should be available this weekend, which is huge. Even just, even if if he's a sub, whatever, whatever Eddie decides to do with him, I trust him at this point, obviously. But, um, but, but that being said, um, where does, and we don't, obviously we don't know everything here. Uh, we barely have watched the player play. Um, but what? What do you think the 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 fit is? Will he play with Callum Wilson um, when Wilson's healthy? Do they do they form some sort of because they're obviously different players. Do they f- form some sort of striking partnership or, or what does that look like to you guys?
1: I never got to rebut. So I just want to say, yeah, again, yeah. Callum. <laughs> the the work that he does off the ball is completely unmatched we had a good second half of our season last year but we played pretty poor teams for the most of it for for the majority of it and we scored like one goal in most of those games which i think right now isn't good enough for what we're shooting for and kind of like the expectations that we're we're, we're talking about but he fights harder for every ball he holds up play way better um I don't know. Is there's just something about him being on the pitch that I think makes everyone else a little bit better too. Um, but I, I think with Isak coming in, if he's up to speed by even next week and, and can slot in for two weeks while Callum recovers, and then we figure out where he slots into this team and I want to hear y'all's thoughts because I'm, I'm kind of torn up about how this might work.
0: Everything we've heard about him is that him and, Callum Wilson have some things in common, but they also have some things very complementary to one another, right? Like, you'd think that the 6'3 striker would be a go get the ball out of the sky and hold that play and it doesn't sound like that's his style at all. Um, if anything, he's making runs off the ball and coming onto it, and Cal Wilson suits that kind of perfectly, um, because he's so strong in his holdup game. So there is nothing that precludes them from playing two up top in a, in a bit of a different shape. And that's one of those things that it's hard to do well when you're not a team that is a strong back line. But we do now. And so I, I think that there's probably more of an opening for us to experiment a little bit than historically, but with the amount of, it also seems like Isak could easily not play in that number nine role and and play off of it. I just don't really know who he supplants. Like, I haven't heard anything that tells me he can play in the position that Almarone has been playing in. I don't think that's the case. So it's going to have to require some sort of different shape if they're both on the field together. Um, But I'm not certain that they've made this signing with the intention of having them on the field together. I don't know. It doesn't maybe that's really dumb to say. It could be. And I'm not I'm no tactician. Maybe there's a shape that he has in mind that will see that work out. But I think that almost all other teams that are good have two solid options up front. They are not always playing together, right?
2: Yeah, and I think I think he does seem to like to drift out a little bit, but I would not say he's like a player that's going to play on the wing. It doesn't right. seem like he's like a, a player that puts in crosses, um, but yeah, maybe like some sort of, uh, yeah, I kind of agree that, it, and it doesn't seem to fit because I thought, well, maybe against Man City, we'll see five at the back, especially, but uh, now Target wasn't healthy, blah, 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 but like, he obviously wants to play four at the back. He likes having Bruno, and, and even in this last match, I think it was Willick and Longstaff playing in those kind of the double six roles where they were in holding midfield um, and, and Elliot Anderson sort of as that, as that, that number 10, but it seems like that's what he wants to play. He wants his players to be, to be able to play in this kind of four, two, three, one. And then that, that midfield, they can kind of be a triangle that moves around, but it seems like Isak would be a striker or maybe they could play as like a, a one, two punch, as like Callum kind of up top more and, 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 and Isak, a player that's a little more, a dribble centric player, but yeah. I, I oh, so then who leaves the field? Yeah. Right? Is it the Shelvy position that Right. Like, you don't you can't really I mean the the runs that Willick make are so uh so valuable. You can't really bring that the the three midfielders is where we've been able to continuously have the pressure on. So it's it's not like you can just hoy one of them off and just roll with two strikers. That would change the entire way we play.
0: Like Morgan, I don't want to put you in the spot, but I feel like you understand the tactics of this sport more than the three of us do. Like do you, what what is it? What could it look like? Uh, assuming that he's not going to go to five at the back. Because that's the only system in which I can see it working, but it's not what I want, nor do I think it's what we have a the squad can support. How can they both play?
1: That's really why I was asking. Right. I, I don't see them both playing together. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the same boat as you but what I do see is an opportunity to have one of the two tear up the Carabao cup and so maybe that's why maybe that's, exactly. that's, that's the tactic that's what
0: I'm saying two you need two good options up front he's trying to build a squad he's not trying to build 11 players who mm, yep. can be seen enough if you can lose one of them in a heartbeat and then well, what but, yeah they felt it last year and i know i already made my devil's advocate chris wood did a fine job but i'm certainly not saying he's callum wilson and they're no longer in that position. Chris Wood is the number three at the club now. The all-time leading goal star for the Lily Whites is the whatever the fuck they are the all <laughs> the all whites is the is the third starting you know uh, uh, forward option for us. I can't see when Callum Wilson is healthy, Isak being the guaranteed to start every match. I do not think that will be the case. I think there's competition now in the squad, um, and I doubt that Callum was ever really worried that. He'd lose his role to Chris Wood when he's healthy, but I think he will now. I think he'll think I had better perform or there's somebody waiting right behind me.
1: I think he is going to need to put on a lot of weight as well. I don't hmm. think that it, with his size, he's going to be able to play the way that he did in La Liga. Not that it's like a bad league, it's just different style, different body types. yeah very uh, much- I think I think he'll hopefully start to look a little bit more like Wilson um by the end of the the season maybe not but I think that he will put on a little bit more mass
0: if he looks like Callum Wilson at the end of the season (laughs) I have to wonder are they checking him for PEDs (laughs) just a little more mass but
2: I do think I that was the one thing I was initially like man I don't know how he's gonna hold up but I think he's so skilled it's not like you know I mean he could be Peter Crouch but like there's he's not gonna be uh, uh players just can't Bully him because he could just turn him inside out and 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 rinse him because he's
0: just so good with the ball at his feet. It seems harder to give the 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 crappy referee treatment to a starting to a center forward than than to give it to players on the wing. I don't know if you guys have ever felt similarly, but I find that it's those flashy wingers who are too often getting screwed over by the referees because of all the dribbling and start-stop and everything, and that is what ASM is, and it's why he so often gets screwed over. He's also now developing a little bit of a pensions for you know, diving, if yeah. lack like the better word, um, which isn't great. I don't think there are many refs who go into, in, into a relationship with a player on a bad note. Maybe that's not true, but I'd like to be the optimist here. And I think that the sort of leggy... Um, f- figure that that Isak will bring. It- it's almost like it's easier to see. Like, do you remember? Like, it's almost like watching. Um. Uh, oh, God damn it! I had such a good example in in my mind. It's like watching Fabi, like a Fabinho, Type of player who's just this sort of lanky, like you, know, you remember, like think like the like the the rich rich man's Modiame, right? Like never really looks like he's moving too fast, but the legs are so long that he's actually covering the same amount of ground as you know Saint Maximin, who's like flying, but he's five seven, and so he's just simply not going that that far that quickly. Like I think that the refs literally are going to see fouls more easily on Isak than they do on. um. On, on ASM both because of body type and where they're located on the pitch. It's often that you've got a referee who is kind of trying to call the foul, but also relying on the linesman to call the foul because the linesman was nearer and maybe had a better view. That's never going to happen in the center of the pitch. It's really all about the the referee running around the field in the center. So it's going to be on them to, to make those decisions. And I have a feeling that that's what will make him threatening is that he just looks like a player who gets away Um, and it's hard to get the ball off, you know, everything we saw in the stats said that, and I will happily take two or three more free kick opportunities in front of goal, um, per game, you know I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It has to work out in our favor.
2: For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously a massive signing, even, even though like Adam said, it's not, it's not, you know, the, the the guy that's going to come in and immediately score 15 goals probably. But, um, but it's a statement of intent and we're super excited to see him play and uh, super excited with the direction of the club, obviously. Um, when we couldn't even bring in players on loan last season.
0: Bruno, Bruno making passes to him. Who? Yeah. If he's yeah. not out of, out of the question. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't see. I why don't think like they, they were going to like, remember we were talking last year. What was it? Like, there were a few teams that we like battered. Uh, I don't remember who they were. Maybe Leeds was, I don't know. And we were like, how long has it been since we've just like really stuck it to a team? It felt like there were a few years there where the wins that we got, we got very, we were very close, they could have gone either way. We lost every other game. Um, and yet, even last year, as solid of an end of the season as we had, because we didn't have Callum Wilson and I felt like we were just getting through on spirit and effort, there weren't enough blowouts. But I think that we finally have a team that is gonna show up maybe seven or eight times this year and simply be more up for it. And then the the difference, the levels are gonna be different. And so we're gonna see like more chunk goal scoring than, than I think we have for the last few years. It's like, I literally, there's been, what, one hat-trick by Newcastle in the last five years? And then Iose left? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, that's the sort of thing that I think is going to happen this season more than we've seen in a while. Just a hunch.
2: Yeah, I think so. And and I think, especially with Isak coming from Sociedad, maybe maybe it was just a time for a change of scenery. And kind of, I think there was obviously interest from Arsenal at one point. Talking about the release clause being 90 mil, that seems a bit high, um, but for the right side to 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 go get him, bring him into this new challenge, I mean that's that's the goal for these players is to play in Europe and to play for for a, a team that's competing for the top six, and they finished top five uh, in La Liga. But I think it's just maybe 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 a case where he's ready for that next move, um, and this certainly could be it, and he could certainly just flip a switch just as quick and 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 really be a competitor in a in a and a player that's a difference maker right away. So.
0: Yeah, it's going to be good.
2: Well, what do we think?
0: They're done, right? Are they done or are we we going to get a couple more?
2: I thought maybe one on loan. I don't know if they're going to splash much more cash now, but I mean, we've been proven wrong before, but I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: I think there will be a midfield signing.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. There's Uh, this
2: uh, Alvarez rumor that they're going in for one final bid at 40 million.
0: Are they really? It's a long thing. I mean, Ajax, you yeah, know, it's good. They were they're, they're good. He's clear. I think it's a different position, right? But it's the you know, before the Liverpool game, Alessandro Martinez was literally like becoming the laughing stock of the league after after two games, yeah. but um it's a different, uh, very different role. And you know, he's not And Edson Alvarez wouldn't be joining a joke team. So
1: right. What were you gonna say, Morgan? I was gonna say, how are we feeling about Seemingly, Pakita to uh, West Ham,
0: but is that really going to happen, or are they they rejected? They rejected their offer.
1: I thought it was back on. Pretty close, but um, you never know. I mean, what's real in this Twitterverse of? (laughs) It sounds like they agreed
2: today for 52 million. Really, it sounds like a verbal agreement was made, but you never know. But yeah, that I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seemed like it was such a perfect, like from the media and from the fans, it seemed like perfect, but it just seemed like Newcastle, if they wanted to do it, they could have, but they just didn't, for whatever reason, they did not feel like that was the right move. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe they didn't value where they wanted. Uh, I didn't didn't see that news until now, but that does look done.
1: Mark your your calendars for September 11th, where we would play them and see the Brazilians. Yeah. um, Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow, that's gonna be cool. I'm disappointed. I mean, it would have been uh, wonderful to see this. I know the baby had such the fan take, but I even still, I think that would have been so cool. Yeah. But at the same time, like here, there is a good, there is a component to this that I don't think any of us are really considering, is that now, Bruno's best friend is in the country, so he may not be playing for us. this is a guy who, what, a few weeks ago, Real Madrid was saying that he was the ideal replacement for Casemiro. So now his best friend is here. That, that, that helps. Not that I was worried about him leaving, but I want him playing at our club. I want him to be a fucking folklore Jordi hero for, you know, Max, <laughs> like, which he's well on his way to already. Right, yep. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's not a bad thing at all.
2: Yeah. That's that. Yeah, that's fair. If, if they bring all the Brazilians to the Premier League, he's going to go nowhere. Why would I go to why would I go to Spain? I can play here and beat all my friends and Joe Linton can take them out and then I can score goals. It's going to be one. I get
0: their water bottles out.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Well, what are we thinking about Wolves at the weekend then? Does this change anything? I mean, I was worried if Callum Wilson was going to be out, but now we just we just have the, the, the next Zlatan, So it's fine.
0: And I got I got a lot to live up to this week,
1: don't I? Yeah, you just can you just tell us exactly what's going to happen? Just please turn off your sound if you uh, do not want spoilers for this weekend's game.
0: <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, I think we win this one, also. I think we're going to win 2 1. Um, no, you know what? Actually, I think we're just going to win 2 0. I don't know why they, they're they not going to
3: score.
0: This is going to be we win 2 0. Um, and. Both uh, early goal for Almiron and a late goal for uh, Alonset Maximan is going to get on the get on the score sheet moments before he's replaced.
3: So score predictions are one thing, but players scoring I absolutely in terrible at. But I also th- I was going to say two nil um, be- before you changed, so I don't want to smack like on piggybacking off of that, but that legitimately was going to be my prediction uh, two nothing i have no clue who's gonna score and when but if i had to throw a guess out there so i can look back later and be shameful or you know gloat a little bit uh i'll say on your scores too and i'm gonna say that next score is gonna be I'll, i don't even know i'm gonna say trippier again just because i like consistency but both second half goals i think halftime is no no
2: mm. okay
1: i i i don't know i'm feeling kind of not great about not having our striker i think it's gonna be i think we're gonna draw to wolves i think i'm thinking one one um they i was just checking they've actually won the possession game in their last three games which you know isn't saying much against uh who they put like fulham but it says a little bit more uh against like tottenham and whatnot. I don't think that they are as bad as they may have seemed. Uh, And I think that we are going to be significantly worse than we normally are just without any sort of guiding light at the front. So let's just say 1-1. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we do smash them. But uh, I'm going to say 1-1.
0: Morgan's dealing with any actual logic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're just like, no, we're
2: we're, going to win. Uh, And they haven't scored in their last 100? Two hundred and sixty-four minutes of of Premier League uh, minutes. So they, they they have been they haven't scored since the sixth minute of the first game. So let's keep what, it that way.
0: What, what that plus ninety in stoppage time? <laughs>
2: yeah, let me look up the matches. <laughs> That's um, what we're going. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think I think we'll win one nil on a Dan Burn header. Let's roll.
0: Gets his first goal. Yes. Okay
2: three fingered Mordecai Brown.
0: I would take, by the way, I would I think I'd take the draw. I, I would take Morgan's not listen, I think we can go out and beat any team this year, but what I don't what I want to do is not lose games. Yeah. I don't really care where or who we're playing. I want to pick up points every time we go out. Point parenthesis S. Yeah. Close parenthesis, How many it is. I want to get results.
2: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, if we if we just draw, I mean we'll win some away games obviously but if we draw more often then then we just drop those extra points here and there and and we just give up that late goal or or can't find a way to score i mean let's just let's just get results each time and keep getting better and and sooner or later we're going to be top 6 with 5 matches to go and see what happens
0: everything is pulling in that direction everything we've done the hundreds of millions of pounds that they have spent over the last two transfer windows and seemingly will continue. Darren Eels coming in, we've already seen him build a successful MLS team from the ground up with strong knowledge of the Premier League from when she came. Everything they're doing in five years, I don't know what's gonna happen this season. I don't know what's gonna happen next. In five years, we'll be playing on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Yes, let's go. All right. Well, that's a good way to sign off.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll talk after a uh, win against Wolves and uh, maybe another signing. That's not All good right. Say
0: goodbye to Joe Linton, the ferocious Panda Bear.
1: Dream big. <laughs> hey.